Hello and welcome to Missing Mystic Falls, where we cast a critical eye over every single episode of the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries. My name's Catherine and I'm joined with my co-host, Ellie. Hello, hello. And uh, our other co-host who once invited her friends around for tea, which ended up with one guest having to do all the cooking while the other washed her top in a sink and she had a little sit down to calm down. Alice. (laughs) Hello, hello. Today we are talking about season two, episode nine, Katarina, which was written by uh, Andrew Chambliss and directed by Jay Miller Toblin, who's back for his second episode this season. The episode first aired on the 11th of November 2010. Elena takes matters into her own hands to learn the truth about Catherine's past and what her own future may hold. Meanwhile, Damon and Rose try to find their own answers and Bonnie meets Luca, a new student with a surprising family history. As Elena's silly solutions and plans go, I'm never one to back her plans. But this episode, I am like, yeah, that's very fair. Back like her going to Catherine. Yeah, I think she was smart this episode. I think she had a good plan. I think she... I don't know. She just, she had a good plan. She thought it was well thought out. It made sense. She was taking initiative. You go, girl. Yeah. She was also the only one being logical about everything. Normally, I feel like Elena is not full of sense. Um, and as as you said, Elle, I think she she was for once. Mm, the Salvatore <laughs> brothers like drove me mad this episode because I like I get it. I would also probably be the same with in denial of like someone that you love is in mortal danger and you don't want to believe it. And I get that. But they were just really pissing me off, I have, like I will say. Me too. They were frustrating. <laughs> we'll get on to it. But like, I, re- I really didn't understand what Damon was trying to achieve, to be completely honest. I like couldn't wrap my head around what he was trying to do. But, but this episode is like, it's called Katarina. It's mainly about Catherine. It's mm. her backstory. And that's where we open up. We get a flashback to her giving birth so clearly continuing the Petrova line we've never seen a flashback about Catherine that isn't about Damon and or Stefan where it doesn't give something to their storyline and all of the flashbacks we have are all about Catherine and let me tell you her human life was shit god yeah yeah she had a child out of wedlock that she clearly didn't want to give up and her father forced her to give up and then she got exiled from an, from Bulgaria, from an entire country, not even from her family. She got forced to flee the country <laughs> and go to England. Of course she did. And not like to a neighbouring country. <laughs> like she yeah. had to go all the way to England, apparently. Yeah, I was like, what power did the did the Petrovas have in in Bulgaria where that's where she got sent? Yeah, uh, her dad was also very clearly awful at one point when after she's given birth, he's like, woman, don't. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. God, I guess it was the times, but yeah, not a good guy. Yeah, Her mother seemed not. lovely. I did feel in that kind of initial scene very like evocative as well. Like it was quite it well, it was emotional. Um, but I think you get a good sense of Catherine's like throughout what happens to her in this episode, you almost like it starts to really show her sort of character development and you can almost see not the whole way of what she's turned into, but you start to get the kind of sense mm-hmm. of it. What I like about Catherine as a character is like it immediately starts painting her as this tragic figure. 
but the show is never like that justifies everything she's done like you understand this episode is really about understanding where she comes from understanding what's like led her to make the choices that she's made but it it it's very different to how they treat Damon where they try and like justify all the awful things mm. they've done the show's still like no she's a bad person but we've just developed an interesting at times morally gray character well, I think even from the off, you see, well, not from like the off, but you see some kind of like morally gray things quite early on, like, um, and we'll get into it, but even how she acts when she's in England as a human, um, and obviously she's trying to save herself, but it, you can start to see kind of the different ways that maybe her and some other characters in the show would have reacted to the same or similar situation, mm. like Elena, because it kind of mirrors a similar issue that's happening. The framing point of learning about Catherine's past is that Elena wants answers. And so Elena has decided to go to the tomb where Catherine is conveniently trapped and ask questions about her past. And she brings with her blood and the Petrova book that Damon stole from Isabel's office way back when. And Catherine refers to that book as a keepsake. Is a book about a family, a family keepsake. Because that's what Catherine calls it. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I guess it's got like pictures of her family in, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Elena, sorry, to carry this book, Elena also has like the biggest bag in the world. You're like, oh, what's in her bag of tricks? And it's a book and a water bottle filled with blood. Yeah. (laughs) But smart. Maybe she's got some snacks we didn't see or something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she is there all day. Catherine needs blood. She must need some food. I do love, so she takes, Elena takes Caroline with her because she needs someone to open the door. And then this like desiccating Catherine comes out. And I do love the formidity that she still has, even though she's trapped in a tomb and she's desiccating and she's not nowhere near full strength. The two, Elena and Catherine are still, Catherine, Elena and Caroline are still like terrified. I did love that she comes out however many weeks later with her still perfect face of makeup on. <laughs> her eyeshadow, specifically at the end of the episode, and we can get onto it, but her eyeshadow is flawless. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, she's still in her party getup, but it's not moved um, at all. She's still She hasn't great. even taken her, her hair out, has she? Her hair is still like half up. <laughs> she just has a husky voice and a bit of like extra. <laughs> yeah. I think Kim Kardashian says that when she has to like be ready early in the morning, she goes to bed in a full face of makeup and because she lies perfectly, then she's ready in the morning, which is so disgusting. (laughs) That is nonsense. But also, how do you know that you're going to lie peacefully? Like I could start looking like on my back, but who knows where I'll like wake up. (laughs) No, it's strange. (laughs) So So true that we know where. (laughs) <laughs> where you're gonna wake up <laughs> but yeah who knows how you're like moving in the sleep also yeah disgusting for your face but if i was catherine i would have asked for some comfy pajamas some nice comfy clothes and my hair would be in a messy bun like straight away that would be the first thing that i take out and given they left her with the moonstone i feel like some pajamas guess they might may as well yeah <laughs> yeah what do i want in the tomb Maybe like a cushion, something to mm. sit on. Oh, a bed. Or a bed, yeah. Why not? Don't ask, don't get. <laughs> Some fairy lights. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. To hang up in the ceiling and then 
Yeah, some books. I guess you get the book. Well, she does get the book. <laughs> she yeah. gets her keepsake. <laughs> That's true. But no light to read it. Does she need light? Oh, oh. I would expect so, but she she evidently doesn't. At the I can't remember what happens at the end. But actually, isn't she reading it by the door? Like, isn't the door left open? Yes. Do you vampire? Can vampires see in the dark? I don't think can they in Twilight they can so I just kind of assumed in Vampire Diaries they could I don't know either I don't think so because I feel there are multiple times in the whole series where they're in dark tunnels and caves looking for each other yeah can they see better than humans but not like fully yeah I'd assume so I bet they're like because it's hot yeah I bet they can see better but not like Mm. in the dark maybe the Vampire Diaries wiki will will help us if we search that i think you're definitely right al they go in tunnels with like torches a lot Mm. but is that because they're often always with elena i don't know is that for elena's benefit maybe that's what i can't work out because like quite often they're with a human trying to work out if we ever see anyone stumble in the dark but can't pin it if anyone knows Mm. let us know if not we'll keep an eye out (laughs) do we want to just go through the whole catherine elena stuff and then Go to the other stuff in the episode. Yeah, I'd say it's the best bit of the episode. Yeah, I was bored with the other stuff. This is also like the first proper like they've they've had a, they've had scenes together, but this is the first Catherine Elena showdown. They sit down and have conversation. Yeah, God, poor Nina Dobrev. This episode must have been a well, big yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, and she does great. So good. And I feel yeah. like Catherine isn't playing any games with Elena. Like normally you see her and like she's got a plan. She has nothing. She's just like, this was my life. Here you go. Type thing, which you don't normally get from Catherine. Yeah. She takes us to England in 1492. And you th- know what that means? We get some more British accents. Oh, yes, we do. How wonderful. Some questionable <laughs> yeah, British accents. Let's about. talk about them. Shall we start with Nina Dobrev's? <laughs> she's, she's brilliant in so many ways. And the way she does Catherine versus Elena, obviously she knows Bulgarian. I feel like she did that in a really, like, that, that character scene amazingly. Her English accent, not so good. No, I will say her dress in that specific flashback. Loved her dress in England. Mm. But her English accent, absolutely not. If we want to forgive it and let Nina off the hook, <laughs> Catherine is pretending to do an English accent. So maybe mm. she's just not that good at it. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, we're, none of the others are amazing either. No. Despite the fact that some of them are British, <laughs> which has always blown my mind. I don't get I it. I will say, we, 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 probably me, dunked on Rose's accent a lot last week. Compared to Catherine's, yes, it is quite good. It when you when you put it against like her <laughs> truth, I still think she sounds weird, and I still think she's making it way more over than like it actually is. But yeah. it sounds way better than than Nina Dobrev's in this one. Yeah. What's your ranking? Yeah. What's what's best to last? <laughs> so she's probably best. Then we had a snippet yeah. of Elijah's. How did you feel about that? I will say I was too distracted of the atrocity of the floppy hair. The wig! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. No. (laughs) Yeah, he was such a bad wig. (laughs) It was awful. I was like, why would you do Elijah like that? Why would you make him look like that? Just don't ruin Elijah. I know. 
Just side note, present day Elijah in this episode. Whew. Yeah, he, he looked great, but the wig. <laughs> Sorry, so on his accent, I thought it was like, okay, I think he said one or two lines. It wasn't good, but, you know, then maybe him. Then Trevor, because I... Yeah, I'd give him Even second. though Trevor is English, that's a bad English accent and I don't know what's happening. And then probably Katerina. <laughs> but we'll come back to this list because there are more. <laughs> there are more, just yeah. you wait. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's very fair for the rankings. But yeah, so you find out that Catherine went to England and she met Klaus. Mm. And then she ran away from Klaus when she realised what he wanted her for. And ran away and Trevor helped her escape my big question is everyone talks about this klaus person and him like i've got it written down where like elijah was the easter bunny compared to klaus like that's what they say in this episode and yet catherine as human catherine escapes him and elijah to what we know of very impressive original vampires and i have a big question about this well we know she has help from one of like klaus's inner circle like we've seen already yes the the originals are really formidable we've seen elijah but like it doesn't make them their plans like infallible like elena got away from elijah Mm. with like next to no plan so i think it's just they were taken by surprise and they had trevor i assume he didn't just help her in the woods i assume he actually helped her get out of like I assume the castle that they were living in. That's fair. I think when she was running through the woods and these like group of vampires couldn't find this human girl, I was like, what is this group of vampires who can track people? The tracking comes in and out. Like, what is happening? (laughs) Whatever the writers need at the time is how powerful the vampires are. (laughs) That's just the rules. Yeah, literally. How do you guys feel that? Even in these flashbacks, we're not seeing Klaus. We just keep hearing that name over and over again. I love it. I... Yeah, I do think it kind of builds up for a big, like, a big reveal, which is exciting. I think I'd never noticed it. And it was when we were watching season two, like, most recently, which about <laughs> however many times. But I think I'd never really <laughs> noticed how much they, like, build up to Klaus. And it, I, they do it really well this season. Because it's just like, oh, who is he? You know the bit in Hamilton yeah. where it's like, oh, who is, is this he, guy? What's, what's he going to do? do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think they do it in a really good way, whereas I feel like a lot of series like build up, build up, build up with like nothing happening. Whereas you get really interesting and formidable characters like Elijah introduced in the meantime. It's not like it's all about, oh, we're just waiting a whole season for Klaus to come along mm. or whatever. We are getting sort of interesting events and characters in the meantime absolutely it is quite reminiscent of what they did in season one like i know we saw Catherine in the flashbacks but we had to wait till the last episode i remember like they had the big build-up that she was going to be in the tomb and then she wasn't there and then other people were taking orders from her and then we had like the big reveal at the, the end of season one so i think they do it even better with klaus but they're kind of the same thing that they did in um season one they like a build-up but then, as you say, out, they move at a breakneck pace that it doesn't feel like a slow build up. So it's fine. <laughs> they really do. They honestly. like a build up with limited follow through afterwards. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, big build up. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wigs, what did we feel about Rose's hair? So Catherine runs to the cottage where Rose and Trevor are living. Poor Rose. They don't give her a chance with her hair. 
it's quite a bad wig. It's a really unflattering colour on her. And I think it's made worse because once again, we have filters on the past. We don't always have filters on the past. Mm. It depends on the director. But on this one, we have this weird like orangey filter. Yeah, it's like a sepia yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and so because her hair like is a bit sandy coloured, it kind of, I don't know, all kind of blends in. Also, what I find ironic is her current natural hair is darker and they didn't have hair dye back then. They weren't dyeing each other blonde. How do we know it's her current hair's natural? That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around. Roots. <laughs> Sorry, Al. Yeah. I will say Thwarted. I didn't love it, but I thought it was better than her pixie wig. Yes. Yeah. Not amazing. She could look better. But she has looked well. And again, I had to watch, I had to, I watched interviews of this actress the other week to look at her accent in more detail. And she is stunning with like dark long hair. She's mm. so beautiful. And this poor woman. Poor, poor Rose. How do we feel about Trevor? Because this episode, they keep talking about what a great guy he is. And I think he's the most selfish person in the world. He he gets Rose mm. involved in like this this thing with Klaus without even asking yeah and he's a bit of a wet mop about it in the meantime (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's just like oh yeah I don't care that we're gonna have to run for thousands of years and I don't care about that because all I care about is Catherine and I yeah I do just feel like think it through for a little bit and also yeah check with Rose check with this person who's meant to be your family and just all all we've seen because they said several times trevor was a great man all we have seen him do on screen is kill a guy kidnap a girl and betray his friend (laughs) and have a bad plan where he gets himself killed and have a bad plan like not only is he not great he's also not good at being not great (laughs) and poor rose she like wasn't going to go along with it as well like she was going to give Catherine back so she has been like thrown into this through Catherine and through Trevor because Catherine then kills herself and becomes a becomes a vampire from that side so then it's just like poor Rose is just stuck in this middle thing of something that she never asked for question do you think with stabbing herself she intended for to be found given vampire blood and then killed again because I think but it's interesting because I feel like yeah Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, don't worry. All good. I think I think Catherine, like Catherine's main character trait really is that she's survivalist. Like she always wants to survive and will do anything and pay any price. So in, in no world was she just quietly bleed out in the bed. She like stabbed herself so Rose would give her vampire blood so she could then kill herself and complete the transition mm. poor landlady I all know, he yeah. does is get compelled then get killed yeah yeah it's a tough time to be a to to be a human who has a house because people just like <laughs> i thought you were gonna say a landlord and i was like no it's not ellie <laughs> I, I was this close and i was like that is that is so wrong because i was not true at all but yeah but to be a human who has a house because vampires will just come in but maybe landlords deserve that right now that's to be fair, she wasn't a landlord. I think it was her house. Yeah, she she was just trying to live there. <laughs> yeah, and then Catherine, when when she she completes the turn and kills uh, that lady, she says, I think a very iconic Catherine line: "Better you die than I," which is kind of her ethos. 
I think she also repeats that later in the episode. Yeah, yeah, about Elena. Because I was wondering, there's there's a bit where she offers to turn Elena. And I'm like, do you think she ever would? Because we find out. So Catherine's been running from Klaus for these like 500 years because she she ran away from him and she turned herself into a vampire so that he couldn't use her for the doppelganger like to, for the sun and the moon curse so she the idea is if she gives elena and the moonstone to klaus she could be forgiven so i'm like do you think she ever in a million years would turn elena when that would jeopardize her standing with klaus if she turns herself and elena no i think she knew exactly what elena's reaction would be which is why she did it in the first place like i think she was so sure of elena's intentions that it was almost like a kind of bluff yeah Mm. She is a menace and she was just having some kicks and giggles with Elena because <laughs> there is nothing Catherine would hate more than an eternity of Elena Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I really. respect that about her. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's so interesting, um, kind of as you were saying, um, but the... what what that we learn about the curse and i think it really brings the whole season together because you learn oh she turned caroline because caroline's part of the curse she turned or she had got mason and then had to turn tyler because he's part of breaking the curse and i think it really kind of brings the season together and shock horror elena guesses it elena i feel like is the slowest on the uptake with everything but she finally gets there she's great this episode and as you say our like we just thought that she was turning Caroline for some shits and giggles, which she probably was, but she was like, hey, two birds, one stone. This will work very nicely for me. <laughs> exactly. Just to run through everything that we know, because we've now learned a lot about the curse. So what they need to break the curse, they need the doppelganger and they need to die. They need the moonstone. They need a werewolf, which is why she turned Mason and then forced Tyler to turn. They need a witch and they need a vampire, which is why... She said she turned Caroline because she said it's poetry. What poetry? But I also think it's interesting that she had a vampire. She could have used Damon. So mm. clearly there yeah. is some affection there if she didn't want to use Damon to break the curse. If she didn't care at all, why bother? That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. Do you think, though, that if she used Damon, Stefan would never forgive her? But surely if she kills Elena, Stefan will never forgive her. That's true. Yeah, okay. So, that, yeah, there must be something there with Damon. And we do find out, we can get on to this bit of the episode a bit more, but we also find out through Slater that, like, if you're the one who break the curse and the other one is stuck because it's the whole idea that if werewolves turn, if werewolves break the curse, they don't have to turn on a full moon, but vampires are still stuck by the sun and vice versa. So we found that out through Slater, mm -hmm. who I do adore. Oh, we'll get on to him yeah <laughs> so i just want to say with Car catherine's plan as well because remember we know she turned mason a year ago so that means she knew about elena then because there's no point doing this unless the petrova doppelganger has reappeared so she knew about elena before stefan did and before damon did so actually actually them coming to town doesn't make any difference to like what like her plan yeah well i think that's interesting and that's actually what elena almost says mm -hmm. at the end and she's like oh it wasn't you guys you coming to town it wasn't all this that happened it's all about me um which annoyingly kind of is yeah 
Yeah. But then why why doesn't Catherine move quicker? Because the moonstones in the Lockwood mansion, which Mason could have got, Catherine could have turned anyone. Why didn't she do it a year ago? So I think I think she was always planning on doing it. But what made it more time sensitive was that they found out she wasn't in the tomb. So I think she was biding her time, probably mm. waiting to find the right time to like approach Klaus and stuff. But then because they found out she wasn't in the tomb, she had to, so she's not dead. So Klaus and everyone will be looking for her again. So she like needs to accelerate her plan. So I think her plan would always happen, but it's happening before it would have done otherwise. That's fair. That makes sense. Actually makes sense. <laughs> they thought it through. <laughs> she's, she's a good planner. Do we want to go and talk about the Stefan stuff? Because then that links up with Elena at the end, maybe. Or is there more you wanted to say on Elena and Catherine? Oh, there's one line from Catherine, but it's actually more when Stefan's there. So this works perfectly. Sizzle. (laughs) (laughs) So Elena asks Caroline not to tell Stefan what she's up to because she thinks Stefan won't approve. And the kind of conversation, so before Elena goes off to Catherine, she's at the Salvatores and they're having a conversation about Klaus and Elijah and um, Stefan thinks that Klaus is a bedtime story. So he's being very sort of sceptical about the whole thing. What is it with these Salvatore brothers and like not believing information? It's the same with Damon and the werewolves. Like, guys, you don't know everything. You're very young in terms of vampires. And they don't go anywhere, it seems. Like, they just stay. So if it doesn't happen in Mystic Falls, then it can't be real. Yeah. Fair play. It's honestly nonsense. I feel they doubt everything. They're they're vampires and they're like, werewolves couldn't possibly be real. (laughs) I think this is what really annoys me about, like, them in this episode is them doubting it and being like, we will protect you whatever it costs. And I'm like, people, Catherine, of all people, is, like, terrified of Klaus. Like, maybe... Maybe like, yes, obviously do what you can to protect, but let's not be making these ridiculous promises when you don't know anything about the Let's just get some more information. Like, why not? Just fuck's sake. (laughs) Use your heads. Like, Stefan is meant to be smart. (laughs) But I think what we've established is he's so stupid. Stefan is not smart. Do you think he's he's meant to be smart? Because I think of him as a dumb jock. He behaves like a dumb jock. We've definitely said in multiple of his plans that like they don't make yeah. sense. But I think he's meant to be he's meant to be smart. I think he and Elena are like the smart bookworms. Oh yeah, they like... journal. I think so. They talk about like yeah, and they mm. also have a talk about I can't remember which old book, like Pride no, and Prejudice, it... Pride and Prejudice, Wuthering but like, Heights, they talk, yeah, Wuthering something. Like, yes, that's the one. Yeah. So I think I think he is meant to be. And, like he's meant to be I think an all-rounder you know he does his football mm. he's good at school he knows his history like I think he's meant to be he can cook mozzarella and say it <laughs> mozzarella mozzarella <laughs> never <laughs> no but yeah I agree he definitely behaves like a dumb jock yeah no you're right he is meant to be smart they should maybe write him that way then <laughs> <laughs> well well said well said we get we get Caroline and Stefan hanging out. Um, so she needs to distract him. Mm. So her way of distracting him, I really like this play, is just to tell the truth. She told Tyler <laughs> that she's yeah. a vampire. This was great. <laughs> it is so good because she's like, I messed up. This is it. Help me deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's cute. And I also love her being like, oh, thank you for going to get food with me because otherwise I have those like kill people urges. <laughs> 
He's so cute. I, I respect <laughs> any time there's a scene where the actor is clearly eating because they'll have to keep eating take after take after take. And I know she was mm. just eating a salad, but she would have to chow down on quite a lot of lettuce for that. <laughs> or like, you know, when it's one burger and they have to take one bite of a fresh burger. It's like, how many burgers? Oh, no, my favorite is coffee cup acting where they're clearly holding like and there's, there's something about an empty cup where people can't hold it like it's got any weight to it. It must be really hard. But I love any time you see someone like moving around with a clearly empty cup. What I never understand is why don't they put water in it? Because like, water's not going to yes. spit. Like That's what I don't get. Because it's not hot. It's not going to stain the clothes. If you spill it, you just refill it with more water. I don't like, get it. Because I, I agree. Empty cup acting is mad. How do we feel about Caroline and Stefan's friendship? I actually really like it. I, I think it. it's really like, it's really nice. And I also don't think you get that many platonic friendships in the show that are like explored. Um, I know we've talked about kind of like Bonnie a lot and how she isn't given as much kind of a storyline in the context of like friendships. But I think this is one and especially kind of uh, a classic vampire diaries like um kind of boy girl situation always ends up being flirty and i think it's really nice they've kept this as a friend yeah i i like adore when stefan says that caroline reminds him of lexi like i think it's so yeah. sweet and i like that they help each other like it's not it's not like stefan being like you're a newbie vampire like come under my wing like i think they help each other and they care about each other and they joke about like they're, they're very comfortable with one another and I think it's really sweet they have great chemistry yeah. but it's friend chemistry it just really works like yeah. when he talks about Lexi and she straight away goes you have a friend it's so cute yeah. I love this I love yeah I, I, I love their friendship yeah. I think that, like it's one of the better friendships on the show because they never like do they never do too much with it but it's always there the way he like clearly wants he's like I can't protect you from Damon like he's just trying to look after her it's really nice and he hated mm. her at the start yeah he thought yeah. she was so like vapid and stuff yeah and I he, I also like that in this stuff he knows her like she's told the truth she has a problem he's sitting and listening but then he's like I know you're distracting me now like I care about you and if you were going through something I'd be here but I know that you're distracting me and you need to tell me what it is I do feel like both Stefan and Elena freaking guilt trip Caroline if you were my friend uh, like yeah like you've been pretending to be oh yeah and it went too too hard there. like I I do feel like Caroline's stuck a bit between kind of rock and a hard place with this she's like trying to be a good friend to both and I like that yeah. she stuck with Elena because she like trusted what Elena was doing and that like you know Stefan doesn't just get to know because he's Stefan like I did like that mm. can we talk about how crazy Stefan is when Caroline won't say where Elena is his reaction is to go she's with Damon I thought that was so bizarre also why would Caroline ever like protect Elena in that yeah but also I just think like I also don't think it's very it kind of isn't classic of the Stefan Elena relationship I don't think it was a necessary thing to add in because like the whole relationship is about how much they communicate and trust each other and tell each other everything and it felt like a big leap for him to go to choose with Damon he's never actually been mm. jealous of the two of them before like he's always really trust he's been like can you please stop openly flirting with my girlfriend in front of me to Damon? But he's never not trusted that there's nothing from uh, like Elena would act on it. So it's crazy that his mind goes straight away to she's with yeah. Damon. Yeah, it it made no sense. 
I think I like laughed out loud when I was watching it because I was like, why is that the leap that you've, you've taken? But he does eventually work out where Elena is and he goes down into the, the tomb and that's when Catherine in this makes several very dramatic entrances and exits. Given that she's forced in one location, <laughs> she still manages to do it several times. She's working with the space that she's got and she's doing it very well. Definitely. And this is where Stefan is being a bit of an idiot. He's like, don't listen to Catherine. Don't worry. Like he tells Lane not to even worry about anything. Um, and Elena's like, this is the problem. And for once, she's right. Yeah, Stefan's like, she's a liar. Just ignore her. Like she, she lies to do things. And it's like, why is actually telling Elena like all of this stuff? Like how is how is lying about that going to get her anything other than like Elena maybe feeling sorry for her but <laughs> yeah that's that oh, yeah Catherine reveals that not only like after she turned herself and she ruined Klaus's plan that he went all the way to Bulgaria if you can imagine such a thing and slaughtered her entire <laughs> family and that's how serious this threat is yeah. and it it adds you know more tragedy to Catherine's life and it also really brings it home for Elena because if there's something Elena really cares about the people around her and she's always motivated by the people she loves so it's one thing for her to be in danger but to know that like potentially everyone around her could die it makes it very very serious to her and then when Stefan calls her out and being like oh you only wanted to like trade the moonstone to get out of your freedom and stuff and she is like kind of the way she's like she'll be safer in the tomb she's like the safest psychotic bitch in town like parroting what, what Stefan says back and I was like yes that yes. was the line I wanted to say because I've got it written down and I was like so good and you can see Stefan be like oh crap oh shit <laughs> then Elena has her breakdown which I think is a justified breakdown and very well acted but if I can say one thing she's like Tyler's in danger. She suddenly now decides to care about Tyler. Never before has this woman cared about Tyler. <laughs> it is also the first name out of her mouth, and you're like, yeah. everybody? It's, it's me, Tyler. Tyler. I feel like this is the one and only time that she will yeah, ever I care so. about Tyler. <laughs> it's this, this one point, and that's then it's that. Yeah, we get another nice little hug between the two of them. Elena says it's because of her. And I get it. But is it because of her? Is it because of her? She's not caused it. No. It's no. just who she... She's the doppelganger. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't think like, guilt is the right emotion. Maybe. I don't know. I think when you first find out, maybe. I mm. hate to justify her selfish moments, but I do feel like when you first find out, you are all like, shit, Caroline died and became a vampire for part of a curse that I don't I'm... think it's... Yeah. I don't think it's selfish to feel this way. I just think it's bizarre. Now, I, I guess I guess a big part of Elena's character is survivor's guilt. So maybe maybe that's mm, it. Yeah. yeah, I guess a lot of this is not because of what she's done. It's because she exists. So she's like, oh, this happened because mm. I exist. Mm. And then you get kind of at the end of the sort of flashback of Catherine looking at her family book and there's like a picture of her family. And I think that's kind of with the song going on. It's a really like emotional moment and you kind of see she hasn't. And I think, as you said, Catherine, you can see she isn't, the whole way through you're not like oh she's a good person completely this is like you know understandable but you do see that even still now she does have some emotions left we've never seen vampire catherine show emotion i don't think like because i i still don't think the emotion of like happiness and love we've seen her be like angry but like any 
I was going to say like true emotion, but I don't really know what I mean by that. But like her crying with her at the photo of your mom, you've never seen anything like that meaningful from a vampire cat. The only other thing we've seen is her tenderly touch her lips, remembering (laughs) Stefan's kiss one time. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I always try and repress that. Please do. Yeah, same. So that kind of takes us to the end of Elena's stuff. Alongside this, we have detective damon or should we yeah do you want to go to damon or bonnie sorry actually you, you guys choose can we do jeremy and bonnie because i hate them and then we can end on a slater note which i oh, think let's is do fine. A, a, a little that. you know compliment sandwich and a nice bit at the start shit in the middle then a nice little end yeah yeah we're gonna do that okay uh, okay yeah bonnie drops some books <laughs> and she meets luca <laughs> Right, I've I wrote it down in capitals, and I was like, "Wait, where is it?" I've got a lot of capitals in my notes. <laughs> I'm scrolling through. I just, oh, it's just, I'm not here for this body, Jeremy. Meet you, because Jeremy's like, no. "Let me help you." Can we not? Do you want to play pool? He's also like a sports jersey. Why is he dressing like a jock? He's got like a number and then a plaid over it. It's very weird. Yeah, because he's like he was the emo yeah, guy. It's just weird. But Luca does arrive, and Luca has such presence. I feel like he Okay. We need to discuss something and we need to get this out of the way and then we can be positive about Luca. We've talked a lot about hair. Now it's time to discuss the facial hair and specifically the choice of a weird goatee slash chin strap on a seventeen year old boy. Absolutely awful. Awful. I think they their aim I don't think they pulled it off. <laughs> I think their aim was to try and create this kind of like mysterious kind of guy mm. who's more interesting, maybe more mature, like this sort of thing. I mean, it fails, but maybe that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. Or do they think, sorry, spoiler alert, Luca's war- warlock. Do they think it's like for this um, episode? <laughs> I know, but I was like, we, I was like, we haven't said it yet. Like we haven't got onto that bit. Um, do they think it's like a that's what warlocks like they have that weird like beard? I never thing. even thought that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, so setting that aside, how do we feel about Luca? I like him. I liked him at the beginning. Then I was like, maybe he's a bit creepy towards the end of the episode. But I think I feel like I think you can suss quite early on that he's got some sort of ulterior motive. I think the first meeting, I'm like, nice guy, but I think from the second one, you're like, hmm. There's something up. Something's going on. Yeah. Um, and they've also dumped another Jeremy somebody somebody love triangle on us again. I don't want a Jeremy love triangle. No. no. I don't care. <laughs> I also don't care about Jeremy and Bonnie. Can we no. not? But no. also, can if, we... if Jeremy had been removed from the situation and it was an like interesting Bonnie Luca understand like learning meant like about kind of some other parts of magic and that sort of thing i'm here for it Mm. i i wish that's what it is out because i i like him i like his energy i like that he's immediately flirty with bonnie and it's you know it's one thing for him to have another motive which we learn at the end his dad is working with elijah i i think it's a shame that like the second guy that's interested in Bonnie also is like manipulating her and that drives me mental I kind of wish he was just a warlock with a different agenda who like connects Mm. with Bonnie 
and and I like that like he's like like we've been introduced like some more characters of color I and like they stick around for more than one episode and like we I don't think we've had any male characters of color that have been in more more than one episode so I like that and I I kind of just wish like they could have done a really good romance for Bonnie this season with this this actor's good even something like Jeremy and Jeremy and Anna kind of style where he's like she was here for a different agenda but it wasn't a conflicting you know it was a really interesting one it wasn't against and he's torn between his family and bonnie and it's you know can be passionate yeah. and fun and about magic and bonnie can be central in romance and, and that's kind of what i wish yeah. it was i couldn't agree yeah. more because i like the actor but alas i like the act- actor i like the actor's dad i think the actor's dad has a great voice oh my god he has Lovely amazing voice. presence as well. Like he mm. can make you think. Like I mean, within a minute, you're like, "God, this guy is like quite sort of formidable, quite scary." Is he Jonah? Is he called jo- jo- Luca and Jonah? I can't remember his name. Yeah. I think so. I can't remember his name. I feel I like they refer to him a lot as Doctor Martin, <laughs> as like, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I can't. Quite yeah, remember I like name. his dad, and I thought, oh, this guy looks so young, and I looked up his age, and he's like now a. Like approaching sixty, so he was the right age, like ten years ago. He just looks amazing. Oh God, he's aged well. One question I did have: so, like, Bonnie meets Luca at school, and then Jeremy asks her on this weird date to play pool at the grill. And Bonnie comes to the grill, and Luca and his dad, who we think is maybe called Jonah, but none of us are hundred percent sure, are sitting there, and they introduce themselves to Bonnie. The dad gets up and shakes Bonnie's hand. And Bonnie doesn't feel anything. And then she touches Jonah's shoulder and she feels something. And I was like, how does that work? Because oh, he's Jonas is his name, by the way. I just Jonas. did a quick Google. I assume he was shielding. I don't know if that's a thing. Can you do that? I don't that? know, but that's what I think might be happening. That's cool. Oh, yeah, because didn't, didn't Luca say something like, I let you know? Yes. Yeah. There we go. Um, can I tell you guys something? Um, I watched this episode... <laughs> After a few drinks. So my notes <laughs> my notes at points are scratches on a page and I can't read nor understand them. But I did write for this scene between Bonnie between Bonnie and um Luca. Alright. Salem. <laughs> I've written for this scene. <laughs> I love that because it's um, Luca's dad just going straight, or Jonas going straight in being like, are you from Salem? Do you have family there? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I think that's all we need to say. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, so Bonnie finds out they're warlocks and then he comes to chat to them. Luca comes back to chat to Bonnie on the date because Jeremy's idea of a date is... Bonnie watching oh, yes. him play pool with someone else. Oh, what on earth? <laughs> like awful, genuinely upsettingly awful. But we've had, do you not remember like season one, I was always talking about how Jeremy was in the grill by himself playing pool. So he's like, I'm gonna, I've, I've got this hot date and I'm going to show up one of my favourite hobbies where I play pool by myself because I have no friends. <laughs> Or do you think he was on dates all those times and we didn't realise? And the date was just like still watching him. And- <laughs> yeah, we get the we get the reveal yeah. that Luke is a warlock. I will say, yeah, warlocks are boring. Give me witches every time. Oh, million percent. Yeah, although he is, I guess he is a witch, and he's like, we prefer the term warlock. 
Yeah, right at the end, where I guess we've already said, we find out that they're working with Elijah, so that is their ulterior motive. So, like, I hate the Bonnie and Jeremy Mm. stuff, but, like, as introductions to new characters, it's kind of interesting. I almost feel they did the reveal too soon about the, like, ulterior motive and what they're up to. Like, I do feel like they kind of wrote that and you're like, eh, damn it, they're like... Because the show moves so quickly. (laughs) Yeah, like, they... They just needed, and um, we can we'll get onto it in more detail. But they did just they could have just have Slater yeah. kill himself and Elijah be there. Like they didn't need mm-hmm, Jonas yeah. in the room with him at all. Yeah. And also, like I think um, some of the stuff, and we'll obviously get to it next next week. Um, but some of the stuff that kind of follows on, I feel like is almost ruined because you know exactly what happens. Like some of it could have been mm-hmm. done in a kind of way better way if you didn't know what's happened already. But. I think it might it must always probably be quite a hard bit for a writer because like there are times where in the audience knowing something that the main characters don't know is really enjoyable but then there are times where twists are like ruined and it's how do you plan which like what's the right one like and again it's it's this episode like them not knowing Elijah's alive but us knowing I do really enjoy like oh yeah they did that one well (laughs) yeah beautiful like when Damon's talking to Slater and Rose and it's like Elijah's like I'm like dead certain that he's dead and stuff like that and it's like "Mm." Are you sure, Damon? Are you sure? That is so good. In general, if there's one way I could describe the writer's room of Vampire Diaries, is they're just a little bit (laughs) desperate. They're so desperate to hold on to the audience and to have a twist and to have a cliffhanger every episode and to move on to the next thing. And they have seasons that are 22 episodes long. They have breathing space. Like, I would just be like, guys you've got all the pieces just you know take a moment let things sink in let characters Mm. like go through things let them have a beat it's okay you've you've built a successful show at this point you don't need to keep doing more and more and more and more yeah but yeah i feel like slag the writers off so much in this show but you know yeah Sometimes they make batshit crazy decisions and we have to call them yeah. out for it. We do. I mean, I think it's also allowed given the fact we're still here. We're still here. We're still watching. <laughs> we're still avidly engaged. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are fans of the show. We like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to our final storyline, which is Detective Damon. What? Right. Damon d- uses Rose to contact Slater. But what does he want? He wants to get in touch with Klaus. Why? Not a clue to kill him. My gut instinct is Damon thinks he could hack it. Like, I think Damon thinks he could beat Klaus at whatever Klaus is playing at, even though he can't. Currently, Klaus doesn't know anything about, or they can, they don't know for sure, but they could take, like, maybe Klaus doesn't know about Elena and doesn't know about the, the doppelganger's back. Because no, because Elijah died. Yeah, but we, Damon loves to gloat. And like show yeah. his hand. So you can imagine that he yeah. could be like, I've got the moonstone. I've killed your brother and I'm protecting the doppelganger, which would do nothing but like rile Klaus up. I also think it's like kind of because they're being such disbelieving, like people of Rose at the beginning. And he's like, oh, I bet this Klaus guy isn't that bad. Like, you know, I don't really believe it till I see it kind of thing as well. So I think he's kind of on an information mission too. Is this guy, what is this guy? I love how also so quickly, like before they even get to Slater, Rose is like, I know that you're in love with Elena. Like Damon doesn't even try to hide it one bit. Rose is just like, I know this is the fact. I get it. I get you want to protect Mm everyone. Yeah, I love anyone that calls Damon out on his shit. I also am obsessed with, so 
Rose contacted Elijah through Slater, which is why they go to find Slater to contact another original. I'm obsessed that it is through someone on Craigslist. That's how you contact <laughs> yes. an original band. <laughs> is Craigslist still a thing? I have no idea. I don't idea. know. I don't know either. It was ever like a big thing <laughs> in the UK. I know it feels so American to me. I think Gumtree was like the equivalent. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when, this is a side note, but do you remember when Al, Al was like really trying to sell voucher to us? Like you were obsessed. <laughs> it was like a two week period where you were obsessed with voucher. We we're like, where did you get your furniture from? Voucher. <laughs> and then you, and then it was like, oh, what shall I, what shall I get so-and-so for their birthday? And it's like, look on voucher. They've got some great deals. I was so angry because I hate them so much and I hate their adverts so much. But they had a really good discount for my furniture. What can I say? Your furniture is also lovely. We so got like, our um, worked very well. TV cabinet from from Woucher. Did oh you? Oh my god, yeah, we did. And if you would like ten percent off Woucher, use the code. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really lovely TV cabinet. Yeah, yeah, we did. Was it yeah. easy to put together? I actually don't know. Catherine did all the work. Oh yeah, guys. Yeah. I had one evening where I cracked myself open a beer. I wore a plaid shirt and I felt and I built a TV cabinet and I felt like the butchest woman alive. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for it, you. It was all right. The um the back currently still isn't on because at the time I didn't own a hammer and I now own a hammer but I haven't done the back yet. So it's been months. Well, you've got it all set up and it's all like that's so hard to move. Yeah. yeah. But it was okay. Anyway. <laughs> and that's great. Anyway, nice honestly. Yeah. Let, let, let's yeah. talk about the sunlight rules. Sorry, sorry. Because Rose doesn't have a ring, but it turns out, and we've got a lot of answers to some questions here, and we can delve into science because there are windows where they meet Slater, but it's revealed it's fine because the windows stop the UV rays. Mm -hmm. Angel uses this in an Angel series. His offices all have these weird windows. Yeah, and also later on in the episode, just while we're on this, when the windows break, Damon protects Rose with a jacket. So I think mm. your umbrella theory would 100% work. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. And also, why then haven't... Because we can stop UV rays in lots of ways. I have a master's in chemistry. I don't like to break it out, but I do know this. They can... Just, <laughs> vampires they can there's creams that they could put on that can block like sun cream but stronger like completely block uv rays why haven't they all developed these more why don't they all have them they can go out in the sun no issue there is no need for daylight rings in this day and age that was an excellent point what what a killing you would make on the black market yes for that with those <laughs> yeah. uv creams mm -hmm. but my primary question will always be why do they why does not all vampires have daylight rings because they really don't seem that hard to come by there seems to be witches and warlocks like going around the place willy-nilly always working with, yeah rose is a minimum of 500 years old like minimum if not older how has she not made one witch or warlock friend in all these years that would make her a ring same because yeah, it doesn't seem to be hard because bonnie did it so early on yeah yeah and like they both seem Rose and Slater both seem fairly well connected and, and, and like aware yeah, of vampire knows everyone. And Slater seems incredibly likable. Yes. Like Rose too, but Slater, absolute gem. I wrote I wrote Slater equals king three times in my notes. I was a bit drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. Love that. 
I wrote down all of his. So Slater just spends his time as a vampire studying, which Damon thinks is an idiotic thing to do. But Slater's like, what else will I do? So he has 18 degrees, three masters and four PhDs. We know one of his degrees is in theatre. That came up. I love that. One's in psychology. I think we've said this before in our personal lives, but I feel so represented by this character because if I was to be a character in Vampire Diaries, I would be Slater. I'd just be getting degrees. Mm. I'd just be like, isn't it cool that we're a vampire? I'd just be having the best time. Yeah. Yeah, he feels like the only one who's actually just doing what he wants to be yeah. doing rather than like moping around Mystic Falls. And he's, But he did say Mystic Falls. God, I've got to visit this place. It sounds awesome. And I'm sad that he will never get to visit Mystic Falls. And I'm very surprised that he hasn't already. Yeah, me too. Heartbroken. Yeah. And like, it's also so fair that he spends a lot of his time like researching and studying the supernatural. Because I would want to do that as well. I would be like, I'm a vampire. What else exists? Like, what are the rules? What are the laws? Who are the people? Not to piss off. Like, how does this work? And I think, yeah, go Slater. You're so right, Elle. Like, so many of the characters are so uninterested in the supernatural and they don't care about the world they live in. And it's so bizarre to me because they live mm. in a world of magic and werewolves and warlocks and all these crazy shit and they just don't care. No, not at all. Yeah, Slater and Isabel are the only two that are actually, like, interested in the supernatural, but I don't like Isabel. No, that's very fair. I love Slater. I just think he's so cute. Great. So yeah, they're going, they're having this big chat where he explains like some of the rules and stuff and how he contacts the originals. And then out of nowhere, Elijah appears and watches them. Oh, so good. I love the way they do it as well with him. Like you just see his hands, you don't know what's going to happen. You see this guy like playing the guitar and someone puts in a like, I don't know, was it a 20 or something and swaps it out for some coins. Mm. And then you're like, what's he going to do? And then he smashes the window and it's very dramatic. He does such a relaxed, like he like switches the coins from hand to hand for a while and then does such a relaxed, like it's like he's skimming stones. It's like that kind of throw and he's like across the street and it smashes the entire glass like right by the window where they are. It's amazing. And they don't see who it is. So like they don't know Elijah's alive. Can we just pause there? Albine, can we get a hand check on Elijah? Ooh. Oh, you know what? Of all his amazing qualities, his hands aren't fantastic. Okay. Are they not? Noted. <laughs> they're not they're not awful. They're not awful. There's way worse hands out there, but they're they're not amazing. They're like six out of ten. Okay. Oh, thank you. Room for improvement. So Elijah's there. He's sexy. <laughs> He's back in a suit. Yes. He looks great. Oh, but then unfortunately, yes. Okay. So we get then the scene between Rose and Damon where they talk Ugh, about yeah. the switch and Rose says the switch is, doesn't exist for older vampires. Eventually you stop being able to do it. And I have so many issues with this fucking switch. And I think it, that makes it even stupider. The storylines that they do in the future where the switch is this magical thing. Because I think this implies the switch isn't actually real. It's just in their head and they're just like repressing things. But then it makes no sense. Yeah. Yep. The switch is so stupid because yeah. there are also there are times where people have the switch off, but they're like angry and sometimes they're angry and sometimes they have the switch off and they're like, they have no emotion and then they get angry and people are like, you're angry. Good. You're showing emotion. And it's like, just. There's one phrase that I remember from the future that is 
a dimmer switch. And I'm like, dear God, if you've got a switch, an off switch, an on switch, and now you're talking about dimmer switch, seriously? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. It's just a cheap trick the white writers use. And I will never get off my high horse yeah. of how much I hate the fucking emotional switch. I agree, because I also think people can go through a hard time and fall off the ledge and come mm-hmm. back. Like, you don't, need a, you don't need an emotion switch for that. Well, it's a way... It's a way so characters can do terrible things and then be forgiven for it. And I don't. So shitty. (laughs) (laughs) But Damon and Rose also sleep together. How do we feel about this couple? Yeah. I think it makes sense. Like, I was expecting it. Yeah, you've Um... seen the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was really shocked on the fourth watch that that this happened. (laughs) I meant more like the first time. I think I was expecting it. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> I think in a way, like it's it's okay because they're not like they don't. Ha- they're very clear they don't have feelings for each other, and they're both like lonely and fine. But I kind of wish that they could have just had like this platonic friendship where they understood one another, and it didn't have to go to sex. I get. I'm kind of for the same. Like I don't mind it. It's fine. I do think it's clearly written in because at this point, Damon is in in love with Elena, but. The writers still want to show him as Damon, a sexually virile character. So they want to like <laughs> keep that side of him, you know, the guy that like fucks around and stuff. So they need to write in a person that he can have like a non-serious relationship with. Um, yeah. But like still show him as like, you know, like the like, desirable. Um, so I think Rose like ticks those boxes and like, I know I've slagged off the actress a lot, but I, I quite like her. They have They have a good dynamic. I think I like an older vampire joining, like ha- like having a different perspective. Like although I complained about it, it is like vaguely interesting that she's like the switch isn't real because she's older and she's lived for so many years. I do. It's nice to have someone come in and be like to the Salvatore brothers, like you're idiots, you're children, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, and then I guess our final little bit of the episode is unfortunately it is with a heavy heart that I announce Elijah kills Slater. Well, Elijah makes Slater kill Slater. Yes. It's so mean. He's like, but that will kill me forever. Or something like he says something like that. It's so sad. Yeah. But we find out, yeah, not only can original vampires not be killed, they can also compel other vampires. Yeah. Wild twist. Fun. Love it. That is that is a good that is a good one. This run of episodes is so good. Like we had Masquerade, Rose, Katarina. Like the, what a what an amazing run. But also, I was just thinking about how lo- much we loved Lucy. She had one episode, and how much we love Slater. He is one episode. Like they're doing good at writing yeah. these. And Lexi, they are good at writing characters that are like really likable in very short like amounts of time and to kill them in the same episode that, that you introduced them and for us to be like quite upset about it that's impressive and like we're fools we're fooling for yeah. every time <laughs> why do we do this never trust it i also think the actor is just unbelievably charismatic like yeah. he's so cute yeah he's really good i loved him oh bring back slater yeah does anyone have any final thoughts on the episode that they want to share no, I really enjoyed it. I like, just, like, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I and I thought it kind of brought lots of things together. Yeah, same. I like an episode where they, they've they got twists and they've got stuff, but it's just it's just us, the characters in the audience, learning about what's happening. 
I like those episodes where it's just like, let's do a bit of research and, and stuff like that. Me too. Like it wasn't an action packed episode, but I, it doesn't need it doesn't always need to be chill out writers. Yeah. Yeah. Name <laughs> percent. Chill out, Julie Pleck. Chill out, Kevin Williamson. <laughs> they never will. They have no chill. No. Okay, let's move on. It's time for stats. So we are keeping track of all the relationships in the show, how many times each character kills and how many times each character comes back to life. So what are we adding? Catherine killed herself. Okay, this is the debating one. Counting that. I think we have to. And then we've got to say she's back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But this might never happen. I don't. It's different because she knows she's going to come back, but I don't really want to count suicide on the chart going forward. That's fair. We could say Klaus killed Catherine because he drove her to the desperation. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine for this one because she didn't like, you know what I mean? Like she knew she was going to come back. So she yeah. she did kill herself with that intention. And I don't know if anyone actually ever kills themselves in the show, but like personally, I'd be a bit uncomfortable counting that. Putting it as a, yeah. Yeah, as a kill chart. That's very fair. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's because of the intent yes. behind it. Definitely, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, she like she was like, right. Yeah, no, I'm just like, vampire blood in my system. Yeah. So let's agree a case by case basis going forward for. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll count. Oh, and then she comes back to life, Sue. She's risen from oh the Oh my God, I missed, I missed so many things this episode. Okay. So, yes. So <laughs> Catherine comes back to life. And she also kills the um we the lady we called a landlord. Oh, la- la- yeah. yes. So she gets the landlord. She gets two deaths. Oh, I was going to say, how many family members did you count? Oh, I counted five. I like... Sorry, can I just update this? Otherwise, I'll get very confused. Oh yes. So so Catherine has now killed four people this season. She's still not in the lead because Damon is still. Oh no, she's jo- she's joint with Damon. So she's joint with Damon. They're both on four. So. That's good. As in, for just for season just, two, not in total. Yeah, just for season two. Total, Catherine is on six and Damon is on uh, 28. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a for Damon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Now, sorry, we can move on. Yeah, Catherine's family. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I counted, f- I counted five bodies that she walked like mm-hmm. past and then including her parents. But I don't know if anyone has a different I number. The I same. counted five. So we're saying Lovely. five for Klaus. So not even seen him. He's entered the chart and he's in second place then because... No, he's in first place. Oh, my God. Sky rockets oh up. God. Oh, my God. Klaus. <laughs> wow. A new leader. That's crazy. Well, I guess it's fitting. Do you think he's going to... Uh, we... We don't know, but like, so at, surely at some point someone's going to take Damon overall. Like, maybe it'll be Klaus in season two. Yeah. Yeah, I I assume someone does, but then it's... This is why we've done the chart, because it's hard yeah. to know. And then one more kill is Elijah kills Slita. Yeah, so this brings Elijah up to two. Mm-hmm. And then we get one relationship. Oh, okay, I have two. Are you adding Catherine and Trevor? Well, he says he loves her. We've added less. Yeah. That is fair. I just didn't yeah. think it was returned, but we have added things when they haven't been yeah. returned. So yeah, that's We've fair. got Damon and Elena. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I've added Catherine and Trevor, and then obviously Damon and Rose. Mm. 
So Damon's still ahead on number of relationships. He's still winning that. <laughs> seven. Seven. <laughs> and that's just the ones we've seen. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Not judging No, that. no. Chase oh. your bliss, man. Yeah. Uh, and then I assume Catherine yeah. Catherine's one, two, three, four. Catherine has five. No, oh, she's six. Six, sorry. With Damon, I'm like, oh, with Catherine, I'm like, you go, mm. girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, two of her relationships are between two brothers. I do judge that. Oh yeah, yes. But otherwise, and 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 maybe she is using her. Uh, well, she was very much using Mason and stuff. But you know what? Yeah, but he was being stupid. I don't want She's... to victim blame. He was. But he being was dumb. being an idiot. Like, oh, I've turned into a wealth, and I've suddenly found out my girlfriend's a vampire. Like, mm, maybe there was something going on there. Come on now, <laughs> use yeah. use your brain. Okay, so. We spoke about before that Catherine was speaking Bulgarian. Nina Dobrev was born in Bulgaria and is fluent in Bulgarian. For this reason, Catherine, who was German in the books, became Bulgarian in the series. We also talked about them dropping Klaus's name. And we're like, well done, writers. I don't know how intentional it was because um, the casting for Klaus actually took so long that the character's introduction to the show had to be delayed. Um, So to circumvent Mm. this, um, in the episode he was first meant to appear, the character of Elijah was created. So Klaus was meant to appear midway through season two. Um, And Elijah isn't a character in the books. He was created just for the show. Originally, uh, Julie Plack said that Daniel uh, Gilly's performance was so good that he Elijah was originally meant to be just a foot soldier who died, but he was so amazing they decided to make him an original and to make the originals unkillable to keep him around, which is insane to think this guy went on to be like the lead in the spinoff show, like he is in the originals. Mm. Yeah. Also that it's like an accident that the originals don't die normally yeah i kind of like love that that's that's how that was created um yeah it's funny right (laughs) nina dobrev you mentioned it earlier l but nina dobrev has talked about how hard this episode in particular was to film just because there is so much dialogue between elena and Catherine talking and she said you know the writers just didn't think logistically how difficult it would be for her to do twice and kind of after this episode um foot was put down and they were like we cannot have this heavy an elena and Catherine scene going forward because it is unsustainable for the actress and the crew so i understand like no one should be overworked but unfortunately because they because elena um nina plays great against herself it means that we see kind of less Mm. elena and Catherine on screen together just because it's so hard for them yeah it is a shame because it is such a good episode and they bounce off each other very well and you can really see like nina's acting mm-hmm. skills with both but as you say no one should have no. to be put in if you're going to do something like yeah. that you have to like give twice as long to do the episode which then makes it twice as expensive so then obviously they don't yeah. want to do it from a business point of view which always brings me back to how did they film parent trap yeah with only yeah. one Lindsay Lohan. And a child. <laughs> this is a long one. Um, so I think that's the end from us for this week. But in the meantime, you can find us where? Where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram at Missing Mystic Fools Pod. 
you can dm us you can watch our stories you can like our posts all of the above you can find us on what's formerly called twitter and you can tweet us at miss mystic pod yeah and you can go onto your podcast app of choice and rate us five stars and only five stars and then new episodes of the show will be up every single wednesday so we'll be back next week Bye. 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 Bye.